Today's world is different from the world we were raised in as kids. Families are more divided than ever. In many homes, screens are raising the kids more so than the parents. Kids don't spend as much time outside. Family activities are few and far between, and the family unit continues to be broken down brick by brick. Fostering intentional family time, teaching truth and traditional values, cultivating healthy family habits, that is how you leave a family legacy and build a strong family. Brave Book subscriptions include a new book every month, along with corresponding family activities and lessons. Each book teaches a faith-based value, such as the sanctity of life, discernment, or perseverance. Go to bravebooks.com right now and use the promo code HEIDI for 20% off your Brave Books family subscription. My guest today is a financial consultant and an investment advisor of more than 20 years. He's also a homeschool dad, and his family attends the Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center. Sky Doll helps families plan for their financial future with a kingdom mindset. You guys are going to love this conversation. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So, Sky, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad that you're here. Thank you, Heidi. I appreciate you having me back. Thank you so much. Well, I want to jump into this because uh, the vast majority of people that listen to this show are somewhere between the ages of 25 and um, 60, according to the demographics. And these are, you know, people who are working for a living, and a lot of them are having money taken out of their uh, paychecks every month. And that money is in being invested somewhere. And I've done a lot of shows over the years. I'm sure you've heard a few of them where I'm ratting out ESG and uh, so many of the other places that our money uh, ends up going to through uh, investment companies that we really don't know anything about. You have spent some time uh, really learning how to be what you call a kingdom advisor. So somebody who's helping people manage their, their money from a kingdom perspective. Talk to us about what that means. Absolutely. Well, I've been in my current vocation 20 years with Ameriprise Financial, and it wasn't until about year 19 that God hit me upside the head and said, okay, you've been a Christian. Um, now it's time to be a Christian financial advisor. And so in the last year, I've been going through the kingdom advisor training, and it that is the nationally recognized uh, group that affiliates Christian financial advisors. And what that has done for me is it's opened my eyes to all the different principles and precepts that are in the Bible on money, and it applies a biblical worldview to the advice that I'm giving clients on a daily basis. So it's been transformative in that way, and it's really helped me see that God owns it all, and applying kingdom principles to His money anyways is really what matters most. Yeah, it's so important, and I think um, a lot of people who are investing, like I said a minute ago, you know, they don't really know where their money's going. It just goes into, you know, for all their, you know, they're, they're, for all they know, it just goes into a black hole. But you have pointed out some differences in where God's people can start looking to invest their money. What's the difference between values-based investing, faith-based investing, and ESG, which is uh, environmental social governance? Okay, well, let me take the last part first. So ESG has been a buzzword for the last 10 years or so. And uh, something like you know, $3.2 billion flooded into ESG funds in the last seven years. 
And what that is is... So when people hear the word ESG, they can think the World Economic Forum, yes. they can think people like uh, Klaus Schwab, so people who are like, what the heck is that? Uh, this is a very, very woke uh, governing system, a governing board that is seeking to do things that don't honor God, frankly, with, uh, with the things that they get. 100%. And what ESG investing looks at is how to avoid certain things, um, such as, you know, coal mining or fossil fuels, stuff that we need every day to run our automobiles and heat our house. Uh, but what it doesn't look at is the um, destructive behavior of those investments. So some of the largest companies out there cater to um, this investment style, like Vanguard and BlackRock, which uh, if you look closer at the funds you're holding, you'll see there are a lot of companies that align with the ESG model. Values-based investing, to be aligned with faith-based investing. Faith-based investing, I would say, is a subset of values-based investing. It's taking your values as a Christian woman or Christian man and saying, what do I want to support? Who do I want to invest with? And what do I hold fast in my uh, daily life? And what are the companies that I can support uh, with my investment dollars in my 401k or my IRAs? And that's where faith-based investing comes in. So it adds in certain things that are aligned with your um, deeply held values and morals. And that's where faith-based investing is so helpful. So what does it mean then when you say uh, we need to have a kingdom mindset? I loved what you and I were talking about earlier today when you said, listen, the bottom line is this, God owns it all. And so as Christians, you know, even with our children, like our children belong to the Lord. And so when we raise our children, we want to steward them. Uh, we want to steward their their hearts and their minds so that um, they pray, they turn around and praise the Lord. Listen, we can praise the Lord with our money, can't we? Absolutely. So most people, you know, work for a paycheck or they make a living and they say, this is my money. These are my investments. Um, this is, you know, my, my income. Then how can I spend it? What more can I buy? The materialistic culture that we live in promotes that. So can I get a bigger house? Uh, a nicer car, a boat. And there's nothing wrong with material things, but in the last uh, couple of years, I've been awakened to this idea of if God owns it all, then, you know, it, it's it, it, the income that flows into our household is His anyways. So how can I submit to His guiding authority and how can we do that as believers and make sure that His resources are directed in the way in which he sees best. So making a kingdom impact for two and three generations, um, one opportunity is investing right in your backyard, you know, in, in places like Firmly Planted Resource Center or your local homeschool resource center where you may be. But having a legacy mindset for kingdom purposes than just spending money for the here and now. I love that. And so what's the difference? These are some, some words when uh, you were helping us here at Firmly Planted uh, start to talk about people giving money to the nonprofit organization. Of course, we were trying to uh, set funds aside so that we could um, get the new building, which the Lord's graciously provided for. But I heard you talk about legacy planning. So what's the difference between legacy planning and estate planning? Ah, thank you. That is a great question. Well, legacy planning is the planning in which we have the privilege to do while we're living. Most people say 83% of um, estates get settled after death. So 
most people wait until they pass on to say, I'll let my will or the executor of my will handle my earthly possessions, the house, the cars, my IRAs, whoever that goes to. Legacy planning is what I think is a more important technique, which says, how do I want to be remembered and how do how does my estate need to be apportioned now while I'm living so that I can have say so in where that goes. So having uh, purposeful conversations with your children and, and grandchildren, giving some of your wealth while you're still alive um, and being able to uh, disperse of your, your savings, your investments in a, um, in an inter vivos living sort of way to see that impact that it's making here and now. One way to do that is by giving part of your retirement to uh, organizations, nonprofit and other charitable organizations to say, I don't want to wait until I'm gone to have my 401k distributed to my family and charities. Let's do, do that now. And at Ameriprise, we can structure it in such a way where we can give away more and more of your wealth while you're living so that your heirs won't have to worry about it at your estate. So what? talk to the people who are listening to this right now, and, and they might be new to investing and maybe even new to a biblical worldview. I mean, there's a lot of people who are waking up right now to what's happening in the education world, for example, and they've decided, okay, I'm not going to give my, my, uh, my children to Rome anymore. I'm going to take my children home, and I'm going to educate them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There are a lot of people who are looking at uh, the way that they spend their money and, and wanting to uh, spend their money. This is why you see uh, this is why you see places like Public Square, you know, coming onto the scene now because they're trying to give people alternative to some of these woke corporations like Target and places like that. So people who are looking now at their money from a biblical worldview, but they don't yet have a plan and they don't know where to start, uh, what is the best place or the best investment to start with? Well, let's discuss the right types of vehicles to start with and then the right investment. So I think a Roth IRA is a great way to start. A Roth IRA was designed uh, almost 30 years ago now by Senator Roth and it was passed through Congress as a way for people to save tax-free as an alternative to just through your 401k at work. Uh, most people qualify for a Roth, but when you get the money out at retirement or later, it's tax exempt tax-free. So what's inside that um, account is where the biblical um, mindset comes in. So having a biblical perspective on what we're investing in. So saving monthly or, or quarterly. Um, you can look at fun families like the Timothy plan. Uh, we use the Timothy with our clients and Eventide is another good fun family. But setting up a mutual fund uh, contribution plan and then Diving in deep to the current funds that you hold, maybe the funds inside your investments aren't bad per se, but wouldn't you be interested to know what's in those um, in those funds, what they hold, and, and ultimately what you're supporting with your dollars. So starting with a Roth IRA, starting monthly, and I would say only after you do the basics of having an emergency fund, um, setting aside a couple months worth of safety net, and paying down your debts, which we already spoke about earlier. Yeah, and when uh, when you think about creative ways, this is something that just really blew my mind when you were talking to my husband and myself months and months ago when, when you said, hey, listen, I think we have some ideas where we can help people 
uh, give to organizations that, that are honoring the Lord and are making a difference in the culture. And you started talking about uh, something I had never heard of, where people have to give uh, give a disbursement. It comes out all uh, with, with or without your help. It's going to come out anyway. And you said, we can fix this. And I didn't understand it at the time. But boy, howdy, if it's not making a difference over here at Firmal Planet Family. So what are some creative ways that people can give to organizations such as Firmly Planted Family, or maybe they're uh, a, non- a nonprofit that they know is doing good things without money. What are some really creative ways and strategies that they can begin to help these organizations and live with that legacy in mind? Certainly. Well, first and foremost, what you're speaking about is a qualified charitable um, contribution. I knew there was a name for it. it. Yes. <laughs> and that happens. <laughs> That happens at, at uh, any age, but it's required after age uh, 73, and that's termed as a required minimum distribution. So anybody who has surpassed the age of 70 and a half can do this, but at 73, you're required to do this. Now, you're required to take the money out of an IRA, a 401k, if you have any money in those accounts. Um, where that money goes is up to you, but one creative way that we've been able to help um, you and Jay and Firmly Planted with is saying, Hey, for those people that don't need that money, maybe maybe that 70 plus year old doesn't require that to live on because they have a pension or what else, they can donate that directly to a 501c3 from their IRA. And it's, it's a simple paperwork process to take that out of the IRA and it's tax free when it goes to the charity. Nice. So they don't have to claim it on their tax return. It, it benefits the charity. And guess what? The, the re- distribution requirement has been met. So that's a very effective tool. Yeah, that's amazing. And it really is making a difference uh, here at Firmly Planet. We're so thankful that uh, you showed us, and this is something that we could introduce to the community around here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, you talked a while ago with me about uh, wanting to be known a certain way uh, when Christ returns. Uh, what did you mean by that? Yeah, well, I... I want to be known for, as Paul said in Scripture, you know, to live as Christ and to die as gain. And so I want to be known for leaving a legacy. I want to be known for um, not the amount of money that I accumulated or, um, you know, the, the size of my portfolio or what wealth Kimberly and I have been able to set aside, but the legacy impact that we made in our church and uh, our community and where our daughter happens to participate at Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center. And um, I want to be able to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. So by employing the gifts and talents God has given me to help educate people on how they too can get on board with this kingdom mindset and have uh, a kingdom impact with their dollars, that's what I want to be known for is uh, making, making an impact that lasts for two or three generations by helping people join in the process. So that starts now. That starts by having these meaningful conversations that begins by saying, um, 
do I want to be like the rich young ruler that said, Lord, Lord, what does it take to get into heaven? And he says, sell everything you have and you shall receive the great reward. And he turned away with his head held low. Or do I want to be like the Apostle Paul that said, um, to live as Christ and to die as gain, who essentially had nothing at the end of his life, but he left it all on the field. And I think we can do that with our finances. I think we can do that with our tithes and offerings. And you can do that with every dollar that comes into the household. I'm curious, you know, as we're we're talking, and of course it, it matters to me, shepherding children uh, is a really important piece of training up our kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I'm always saying to parents, you can't pass on what you don't possess. And so we want to be uh, showing our kids what it means to be givers. And I recently read an article about a gentleman, and he, you know, a millionaire many, many times over, and they asked him, you know, how much of that money are you giving to your kids? And he said, uh, I'm not giving them any of it. <laughs> he said, and I thought that, well, that was kind of an interesting, you know, thing to say. He said, I'm not giving, he said, I want my kids to learn how to earn uh, earn a living, and I want them to learn how to give because giving is more important than receiving. Obviously, he's not, you know, leaving his kids destitute. But his point was, I'm not giving them this massive amount of money because the money belongs to the Lord. And once I've taken care of my family and done the right thing by my family, I want that money. I want my kids to see that generosity extends beyond our immediate family because, really, in the culture that we live in. Uh, we, you know, we're very much into instant gratification, and we see that truck, and we want the truck, we want the bigger house, or all the things. But when you saw, how, when we see how Jesus lived His life, uh, He was a servant. He was humble. He was meek. Uh, we can't even imagine, you know, Jesus while He walked this earth, just accumulating wealth for Himself, right? Because He understood that the life that we live is a vapor. And it, I, I'm hearing you say that everything we have here is temporary. And so we need to be keeping our eyes uh, on the Lord and asking him to help us with our giving. And it sounds like that attitude has really transformed the way you and Kimberly see the world and your place in it. It absolutely has. In James, James 1.5 says, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously without reproach. And Kimberly, I've got to say, has been my encourager, and she's prompted me in this direction as we've been blessed with our, um, you know, with our personal income over the years and to be at a place where we can live on a comfortable amount of income, but as more or less, you know, um, came in and there was ebbs and flows saying, okay, so if we've set a baseline, a budget, so to speak, of what our lifestyle expenses are, how can we give more? What is God doing with this? And that's the mind shift is this is not my money. God owns it all as we already uh, identified. So where where would he have us give and how can we demonstrate that to our daughter? So some basic um, but tangible things are, you know, when we give tithe at church, I write the check and I put it in an envelope and I want our daughter to see that we actually have a, a process for giving that money. There's nothing wrong with online payments, but being able to see the physical nature of giving money um, and talking openly about charities that we support. Christmas comes around every year, and we get those uh, gift catalogs. And last year, we sat down with Annalise. Kimberly had the idea and said, hey, let's have her pick out, our daughter pick out, some of the, uh, the gifts to send to these children in Africa. So with our daughter's allowance, Annalise bought a chicken, a goat, and some of these farm animals to actually send to these foreign countries for 5 $7. And what, a, what an awesome way to say, how can 
you know, we make an impact, sure, right here in our community, but how can we teach the little ones uh, right here in our home um, how to also, you know, dedicate that these resources belong to God and they're not for ours to hold on to. So we try and demonstrate that where we can and obviously have the conversations where appropriate. And we're we're really, I mean, the more I watch what's happening in the, in the world right now, the more I, I'm seeing, you know, the news and all the things that are going on, it really is, uh, we should be focusing on heaven and what does the Lord want us to do? Uh, because the time really is short. You have uh, an awesome, obviously, you've built a, a career out of helping people uh, invest their money and helping, you know, people like Heidi St. John understand the terminology. <laughs> I told you earlier, man, I'm an author. I'm not a, a financial advisor. And I love how God uses different people uh, within the body of Christ to sort of help one another in the areas that we might need help. And this is something that God's really gifted you in, and you've seen that gift from an early age. If people wanted to reach out to you and they had questions, uh, particularly about maybe how to uh, begin legacy giving, or if someone was interested in some of the techniques that you were talking about, how can they reach out to you? Absolutely. So if you go to our website, preceptwealthsolutions.com, and it's just like it sounds, preceptwealthsolutions.com, you'll find an email and a phone number, and that'll lead directly to me. Or if I'm in a meeting, someone on our team will be able to set a call back. And that would be a good place to start. We also have help guides on there for just getting started and in investing. Um, you know, how to, how to actually set up an account. But if you're looking for one-on-one -on -one counsel, I would be honored to take your call or an email, preceptwellsolutions.com. There's a lot more I would also offer in the way of how you can give back to charities um, some other strategies we could, you know, discuss if you do happen to, to reach out and make contact with us would be credit shelter trust, credit remainder trusts, and donor advised funds, which are all wonderful ways to give back to nonprofits. Can you just for a second, uh, this is something that's interesting to me, can you talk about what a donor advised fund is? Absolutely. So donor advised fund is the uh, new and improved way to bill pay for charities. And that's the simplest way I can describe it. So if you are charitably inclined, which I know both of us are, but many people listening to this podcast probably are, but you say, I don't know how much I want to give or exactly where God has me um, to donate this money throughout the year. A donor advised fund is very economical. It costs almost nothing to set up, and it allows you to deposit, whether it be periodically or all at once, a giving amount for the year. That money grows while it sits there, so it can be in a money market of fund or even a, um, you know, a faith-based mutual fund, but you don't have to give that money right away. A lot of people are used to writing checks and saying, well, donate it to the school or the church or you know, uh, the nonprofit, but a donor advised fund acts as a holding tank for those donations. And then as that money earns interest, you can go into that account and as you, the donor, make those decisions with you know, the influence of the Holy Spirit, you can decide where that money should be apportioned during the year. Uh, we use the donor advised fund, Kimberly and I, and it's on a monthly reoccurring. And I like it because I can see where that's going. And if we felt led to change any of those destination organizations, you can do that right from there. But it saves the hassle of having to write checks and you have one receipt at the end of the year for your entire tax deduction. Nice. That simplifies everything. I think this is uh, kind of an interesting, maybe encouraging story, Sky, to tell you. Jay and I have been uh, incredibly blessed. Actually, the, the, our nonprofit, Friendly Planet Family, which has been around now for over 25 years, uh, in the original building that we 
that we got really graciously from the Lord, there was a gentleman there who was inclined to give quite a bit amount of money to the nonprofit organization to help us put furniture in the building. Because remember, we moved into this building, didn't really have, you know, we're like, yay, you know, yay, we have a building, but we don't have any furniture. So we were trying to figure out, okay, we're we're getting it from Craigslist and, you know, uh, Facebook Marketplace and places like that. And uh, this gentleman really helped us put furniture in the building. And I went up to him one day when I saw him at Furniture Plan, and I said, I just want to say thank you. I mean, your gift to the nonprofit is making such a huge difference. And he said, oh, don't say thank you to me. I'm just the UPS driver. <laughs> the Lord uh, gave me that money. And he said, uh, take it over there. He said, so I'm the, the money belongs to the Lord. So, you know, praise that. the Lord for it. Thank the Lord for it. I'm just the UPS driver. And he said, do you think you're UPS driver? And I said, yes, sir, I absolutely <laughs> do. So I, I continued to say, I still wanted to say, you know, thank you to you. Uh, but I thought such a really beautiful perspective that he realized that that money didn't belong to him and God had given uh, him the resources so that he could use those resources to further the kingdom. And boy, if there was a time uh, that we need to build up the kingdom resources, now is that time. And so I just so appreciate you your willingness to come on here and talk to my audience today. Again, if people want to reach out to you, they can find you at preceptwealthsolutions.com. Sky Doll, I appreciate your heart and uh, what you're doing for the Lord, particularly as it relates to encouraging the body of Christ by teaching us what it looks like to have a kingdom attitude toward our money. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Let's do it again. Well, thank you, Heidi. Sounds like a plan. I appreciate the opportunity. You're very welcome. For more information on Sky Doll, you can find him online at preceptwealthsolutions.com. You can find his phone number and his email there. If you're interested in becoming a financial partner here at Firmly Planted Family, you can go to firmlyplantedfamily.org and you can find ways to give there. Or you can give Sky a call and he can help you figure out a good way to support the ministry here at Firmly planted family. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.